0: Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. All right, Greg Mackling, co-host of The Start, joins us on the phone now. Hello, Greg. Hey, how are you? Good afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. I'm not even going to ask you how excited you are because I heard on The Start this morning, you
1: are wound up, man. One sound summarizes all my feelings today. <laughs> woo <Woo-hoo! laughs> There it is again. It's sort, of, it's sort of like Christmas today, yeah. and it's like uh, Santa Claus skipped us last year. So this is uh, really a special day for a, a lot of folks in the city, and uh, I include myself in that group of excited people, friend.
0: Well, and, and special for us here at CJOB because, uh, you know, we've got the radio rights to the Winnipeg Jets again, and that's been a long time. Uh, coming uh, coming back, I guess, is a, is a better way to put it. And in this business, um, this is big. This is a big deal. So it's great that we've got hockey back again. I think a lot of people are excited about it. It will be a nice distraction for many, a passion for people like you, but uh, for casual fans, a nice distraction during this pandemic. Uh,
1: but for us here at CJOB, this is a, a big deal. Well, look, Hal, if you're following the NHL even just a little bit this year, you will notice on the jerseys of the arizona coyotes who used to be the winnipeg jets right they are sporting a 25th anniversary patch
2: hmm. so april
1: 28th 1996 was wow. the last winnipeg jets game at the winnipeg arena and of course that's the last time until today that a Winnipeg Jets game was broadcast live here on 680 CJOB. So when you say a long time coming, you're not joking. A quarter of a century is a a long time no matter what you're talking about.
0: Mm -hmm. And I can't believe it's been 10 years for
1: this version of the Jets already. It's Mind boggling, quite frankly. I do not want to sit down and calculate how much that translates into season ticket costs, but. uh, (laughs) I'm sure your wife has it all
0: figured out. I'm sure Jackie knows, down to the penny.
1: Oh, yeah, Jackie knows the number. But, you know, we've been speaking to passionate fans. Uh, throughout the morning and uh, last night on global news at six o'clock yep. and it, it, it transcends money it transcends hockey i always talk about the relationship that my dad and my brothers have an experience uh, around hockey it's built around our pride of winnipeg it started in the world hockey association my dad started taking me to the games when i was just five and a half six years old and i fell in love with the notion that winnipeg was playing teams from all over north america and then they went on to play against the soviet national team and they went to finland to play in the is uh in a tournament in helsinki and then the Izvestia tournament and in moscow the jets played the soviet national team in tokyo a three-game series once upon a time and that was all on 680 CJOB, Ken Nicholson calling most of those games, and and how I traveled around the world with the Winnipeg Jets, thanks to them being on the radio, and there's just something special about that connection that hockey and Winnipeg have, Uh, can connect us, with uh, people in our lives that it might not otherwise connect us to, and I think it really elevates our self of uh, our sense of self and our sense of pride in our community and that 's really I have to say what it 's all about for me. I love hockey hal, but it 's very rare I will watch a hockey game between two teams if one of them isn't the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Well, and you just answered my next question, because I was going to say, why is this such a big deal to you? But you've done a great uh, job answering that already. And I wanted to have you on today, because the goal of today was to get some super fans on. And you are the biggest Winnipeg Jets fan that I know. I mentioned this on my show yesterday. We were all on a Zoom call when the boss, Brent Williamson, announced... That the Winnipeg Jets were coming back to CJOB, and you jumped up, you were, you know, firing your fist into the air. I mean, you were so excited. It was, it, it really warmed my heart to see that.
1: You know, thank you, Hal, and that, that means a lot. The coming from you, you know how special you are to me. And uh, let's face it, I, I'm just a kid from the west end of winnipeg who grew up uh, loving the bombers and the jets and listening to their games and playing hockey and playing football and dreamed about playing both once upon a time but my real dream was to one day call the games on cjob yep. and take over for ken nicholson or kurt Kielback or kelly moore or mm-hmm. bob irving yep and i get to work here every single day and and call bob a friend and kelly a friend and you all these legends of broadcasting and so last year when the bombers won the great cup in calgary and i get to go to calgary uh, you know I, i might as well be 19 years old again i might as well be 12 years old again uh starry eyed but but trying to do my best to to convey what I'm seeing for those that aren't fortunate enough to go and then that's how I feel today Hal. this is so full circle in my life and I apologize for making it ultra personal that way but uh, it's very uh, overwhelming feeling for me the place where I work the dream that I had going back to grade three the place where I always wanted to work and now we have the the Jets broadcast rights uh, it, it's a little bit of a dream come true for me on many levels.
0: Well, and it's a bit of a love in here. That's why I think you're such a great guy, why you're so special to me, because your story of how you had a goal and a passion and a dream to be on the radio one one day and how hard you worked to get there, and now you are uh, on this huge radio station doing this highly rated morning show with uh, McGarry and McNabb, and it really is uh, and that in my opinion that's what we miss in this business sometimes not all the time there's lots of passion but often the passion's not there it becomes another job uh, that has to get done this business and for me it's always been a love and a passion and i know that's what it is for you so you know that's uh, that's why I, I really think the
1: world of you too I think that's why we connect on a level and I appreciate you yeah. saying that. That means a ton to me. I actually had a listener, Hal, send me an email this morning. I mentioned I was having a hard time finding blue cheese dressing for I my heard. wings. My gosh. <laughs> she, bought, she bought me blue cheese dressing and I'm picking it up on the way home today. Like, how, like, how can you not feel blessed? When 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 something Sarah, like something so special like yeah. that happens to you, that, that's my work day. Are you kidding me? Yeah, ah, no, whiz. I
0: agree, and, and I have those sim- similar experiences to that all the time uh, with the fantastic listeners that we have. Hey, Greg, enjoy the game tonight. I will do my
1: best to stay awake until it ends. <laughs> That'll be up to the jet Hal, thanks, uh, my friend, and uh, always a pleasure to do this with you.
0: Greg Mackling, co-host of The Start, along with McGarry and McNabb. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Triple M, The Start, weekday mornings here on CJOB. Unfortunately, James Bedford, the president of the Manitoba Teacher Society, uh, could not join me yesterday. He is here today. Hello, James. Hi, Hal. Good to be with you today. Yeah, thank you very much for doing this. Um, so, remote learning ends at the end of this week. How has it been for your members?
2: Well, I think it's been a it, it's been a challenge. Uh, we knew it was going to be a challenge for them uh, coming into this month. Uh, and you know, the, at the early years, they've been asked to to teach students in class and and teach students remotely and. In many cases, do it at the same time. It, it's like texting and driving. It, it, it's two distinct activities. So I think there's uh, there's a bit of a relief that uh, uh, for the most part, we are going to be seeing their students back in classrooms. Are they getting better at this, though? I think they're getting weary. I, I, you 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 do get better, yes. The more. That you uh you work with these challenges and the more that you meet the challenges but what local leaders are telling me is, is uh our members our teachers are getting uh they're getting very tired it's been a long year and i think it's beginning to show
0: any worries as your members teachers and kids head back to the classroom uh, when it comes to covid19
2: well you know i i, I think everybody in the province is relieved uh, the numbers in the last few days. I think uh, we all sit and, and we wait for, you know, today's number to come out, be it the number of cases, uh, be it the, the positivity numbers. And I think we're all a little bit relieved uh, to see those numbers going down. But we're now well experienced to realize that, that those numbers can change, and, and, and they can change relatively rapidly. So where there may be relief, I think we're all kind of holding our breath a little bit. That We certainly hope that things, uh, things, the numbers remain low and, and, and things continue to, to show signs of, of being a little more positive than they were in the fall.
0: The school boards have said that this has been better because they knew it was two weeks and then they're back at it, uh, as opposed to the first time when there was a big question mark. We didn't know how long it was going to go on. What about you?
2: Well, we, we didn't know that it was going to be two weeks uh, going into January. Uh, we had concerns that that it would be longer than, than the two weeks. So we're thankful the numbers are going down. Um, I, I think going forward, it's a question of... Uh, whether or not we see uh, all those students uh, from k to six return to classrooms or whether some parents opt to uh, to keep their children at home and uh, continue with remote learning for the longer term what i've been told is that that some school divisions are saying to parents if uh if you wish to pursue the option of of remote learning we want that commitment to last for some time we want you to uh, to keep your children home right through until, say, spring break. And that, uh, although um, learning remotely is maybe not the best option, I think, for students, the best education uh, is in classrooms, I think if parents are going to make that commitment, that uh, members would be a little bit relieved to know that uh, that commitment is going to last until spring break. As you said, knowing how long things are going to last can be uh, a relief and it can provide some guidance in terms of uh, what our members are, are able to best do for those students.
0: Do you get a sense that a lot of families are going to make that decision and continue with remote learning?
2: No, I don't get that sense because it, that, that's a challenging decision to make for families. Uh, it, it's a decision that I think you, uh, you, you have to have certain resources in place to make uh that is you you have to be able to have somebody at home uh full time who's gonna care for uh for your for the children at home. Um, you have to be able to afford to do it uh, because quite often it's a technology oriented decision so you have to be able to afford the technology. Um it's also uh very much uh you know a a decision that relies heavily on all too often on uh, the female member of the, of the household to either forego uh, an income and take on that traditional childcare role, and I think we're we're in a society that's far more equitable than, than ever before, and, uh, and and I think uh, many households are, are going to say no, the, the best needs of our children on that when uh, our child's in a in classroom and in school. And, you know, the research does say the best education occurs when child and teacher are both in the classroom together.
0: You've got a new education minister. CGOB is off and on over on Broadway. Uh, what more could be done for your members, teachers in Manitoba, to, to make this whole thing easier on them?
2: Well, that that's uh, that's a very good question, and I I spoke to the new minister earlier this week. Uh, you know, I certainly wish Minister Cullen well. He has considerable uh, experience in government, and I think he he brings that to the table. We talked about where teachers will uh, will fit in, in and not just teachers, but all adults that work in our schools, where they will fit in in the vaccination queue, because that. Uh, that's a conversation we're beginning to have. We talked about the mental health of teachers. They've been under uh, a lot of stress this year, and I started off the conversation, I think, saying that they are very much feeling that stress. So what can we do collectively to uh, to look after the, uh, the mental health of our teachers? We're working hard to look after physical health. What can we do to better look after mental health? and we have a new minister uh with that portfolio and I hope to be speaking to her uh in the not too distant future. We also talked about the new remote learning resource center that has come online for January. Our members are discovering uh what uh, what assistance that resource center can provide and I think the the resource center and its principal are are also discovering how they can best meet the need, the, the needs Of uh, teachers and students within the system and you know our hope is for those families who do choose uh, to keep their children at home and have their children learn remotely that that resource center can be a great assistance to make sure that those children are getting the best education possible
0: quickly any answers uh, from minister cullen on the mental health of teachers and also where they fall on the list of priorities when it comes to vaccines
2: He certainly recognized uh, the strain that that teachers are undergoing. As I said, he's no stranger to to education. He has family members uh, who are teachers, um, and uh, he recognized that that this is a problem, uh, recognized that the province has has made some steps before Christmas to, uh, to put some financial resources there, but, uh, but, you know, I, I said we, we need to continue this conversation, and, and he certainly agreed that it is a conversation that needs to continue. Um, in, in terms of vaccinations, uh, no, there aren't answers yet, but we, we have to respect the fact that the, the, the government is in the early stages of vaccination rollout, and we didn't pose the question with the idea that he would have an answer today or tomorrow. Uh, because it's not just his decision as well this is a public health this is a health ministry uh decision as well uh, we just want to ensure that we're part of that conversation going forward sure James thanks a lot thanks hal you know i always appreciate talking with you and always appreciate the uh, the strong interest you have in public education in the, in this province it's, it's such an important thing to everybody in the province.
0: Same here. Appreciate your time. Thank you, James. Thank you. Carolyn Classen is here from Connexus Counseling. Hello, Karen. Carolyn.
3: Hey how how are you?
0: Excellent. That's where I want to start. I want to start with the Jets. we got lots of stuff to talk about here. Um Listen, we're, you know, personally uh, here at CGOB excited about the Jets being back where they belong on our uh, <laughs> airwaves here on the 50,000-watt blowtorch, as Charles Adler would say. Uh, but I think uh, a lot of people, and, and not just diehard, passionate fans of the Jets, but even casual fans, I think, are excited about the start of the Jets season tonight. Uh, because uh, there are mental health benefits here, I think, right?
3: I think so. I, you know, so often um, I know when I went to, um, I used to teach uh, skills to students. I would say, so one of the first things you do when you, you just get somebody comfortable when you first meet them, and you talk, you know, make small talk. You talk about the weather. You talk about sports. And it's just one of the ways that people can connect on a very safe sort of level is to be able to connect about something that is relatively innocuous, although Jets fans would say in, it's, it, their game is anything but innocuous. But, for you know, it's, it's sort of a safe topic to start to talk to somebody about before you get, sort of get into some of the tough nitty-gritty. And I think that Jets gives us something other than the pandemic for that small talk. Um, and yesterday I made a big pot of casserole and I brought it around to my kids and it was mostly an excuse to see my little grandson from a distance Uh, and then we had a Zoom supper and, you know, we exchanged conversation back and forth and at some point I'm like, so when conversation dies down so anybody have anything new and um, other than the pandemic nothing's going on it feels like and so I love the fact that we can now start commenting on if we agree with the ref, the injuries or whatever, Um, it's just going to give us something other than the pandemic, to focus on and to enjoy and to connect together on. And I think we, we know that we need each other, and the Jets is a common interest that Manitobans all have that is something that is positive and life-giving.
0: Yes, I think in some ways the pandemic has been divisive, right? I mean, you know, some people might not agree on uh, the measures. You know what I'm getting at. Whereas I think cheering for the Jets, and I understand, uh, you know, some people out there listening right now in Winnipeg and Manitoba might uh, might be cheering for different teams. (laughs) But generally speaking, I think the Jets getting back at it tonight brings us together again as a community.
3: It does bring us together again, and I think here's the thing that's different about the Jets, is people might not always be on the same page about a trade or an injury or a call, but we know that when we have a discussion about it, there's very little riding on it. Whereas when we're disagreeing about the pandemic, we know that people's livelihoods, their very health and well-being is on the line. Like, people are really passionate because there's really high stakes. The Jets, we can be passionate about it, and at the end of the day, we just go to sleep and wake up the next morning, right? Right.
0: Yeah. No, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. That that was my thought, anyhow, uh, when I sort of, you know, looked at the jet starting up again and being here on CJOB and the way it's been for, you know, it, it's so hard to believe. Like, I've been at home now uh, for almost 10 months. I'm a couple months short of 10 <laughs> months. I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy that this has gone on that long.
3: So I'm interested, um, Hal, in hearing like as the jets are now at and you're not in the office, how are you noticing or how do you hear the buzz and the energy? Like it must just like I hear it a lot on air. How are you feeling yeah. that at home?
0: Text Like in my own family, like Jackie, we're not even big, big hockey fans, but we're excited about it. But I hear, you know, I get text messages every day. I I get emails every day during the show. Uh, I'm on social media, right? Instagram, Facebook, and and Twitter. People are fired up about it. People are excited about it. And then selfishly, us here at CGOB, and I said this to Greg Mackling earlier because he is the biggest Winnipeg Jets fan I know, so I had him on today. Um, This is a big deal for us in the radio industry, you know? Mm. Um, it's, it's a coup and, and we've got them and we're gonna enjoy it. Like, this is gonna be so exciting tonight. Uh, to have winnipeg jets hockey back on cjob in my opinion where it belongs um you know so it's a chance for us to toot our own horn a little bit pat ourselves on the back and and uh yeah so it's it's uh, you know exciting uh from that perspective as well it's hey, like a um, homecoming of sorts it is absolutely it's a homecoming you know and and we do need this distraction we we need uh we need uh, you know to have something other than this uh pandemic to focus in on even if it's just for a few hours uh, during a game hey and it's organized hmm? and the food eh? and the food yes we've been talking <laughs> about the food non-stop yes so what was the casserole you delivered last night what was it
3: well it was like hamburger noodles and tomatoes nothing very oh, fancy but no i love that thing, that's what my yeah. mom
0: used to make for me okay. all the time i'm a sucker for that i love just a basic you know casserole yeah 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 Hey, it's Organize Your Home Day. I was saying earlier on the show, I, I've had 10 months, as I just said. I've had 10 months to get a little more organized at home. And you know what I did? I, I, I uh, found a great deal on a, uh, like a big office closet, and I now my mess is in the closet. But the messes still, <laughs> mess still are there. And it's Organize Your Home Day. So I wanted to talk to you about that, if you've got any advice on that. But it, I, I also want to talk to you about organizing your life to some degree. The one advantage to me having all my messes behind closed doors now is before they were all around me, and it made me crazy. And I don't know if, if it's better in in this closet or out in front of me so I can go, I have to deal with that, but I feel better having it in a closet. There has to be some psychology there, Carolyn. Help me out.
3: Well, absolutely. I think when we have a very busy environment that feels disorganized and chaos chaotic, It can sort of start to have our insides feel the same way. And so as the outside feels calm and peaceful uh, and feels organized and is decluttered, it also helps declutter our spirits and our minds. And so that whole idea around Organize Your Home Day, for many of us, it's a shame trigger because we feel like we've been at home for 10 months. We should be way farther ahead but I guess I would encourage people to say, what if it was just set the timer in your microwave for 10 minutes and see what you can get done in one drawer and enjoy the feeling that that gives you? Because we know that when people um, work in very little bits, that feels very manageable and sort of builds their spirits. It de-stresses them. It increases their productivity. It just helps you feel better about yourself as you can do little bits. And I think when you, if you bought closets and you put your mess in there, I think if you found that that was helpful and good for your mental health, like good on you, because even that took some work and some effort and gives you that spirit of I have a clean space and I can feel good about because you've been working at home for a long time. You need a space that you can feel like you can do good work in.
0: Mm -hmm. you're giving me a little too much credit i think with the mess in the closet now but i but i appreciate that Uh, negativity i wanted to talk to you about negativity for a couple of reasons i was i was reading an, an interesting article and they were talking about deconstructing your negativity and a few questions they say to ask yourself do you often expect that everything will turn out horrible do you only see the bad without seeing the good do you ignore or devalue The positive thing. So that was one reason I wanted to talk about negativity. And then I read about Betty White. God love Betty White. Mm. Betty White is set to celebrate her 99th year on Earth on Sunday. Wow and listen to what she told people magazine this is how she stays stays so sunny and i often wondered if it's an act with her or if she really is but they say she really is an incredibly positive person here's what she told people i don't like the other side the positive side is a lot more fun plus i am blessed with good health so turning 99 is no different than turning 98 the key to which i thought was funny she says the key to a long and happy life in the end is a sense of humor don't take yourself too seriously you can lie to others not that i would but you cannot lie to yourself so talk to me about staying positive like betty white and dealing with negativity carolyn
3: well i think we need to know that our, for our brains negativity is the default and negativity is the default because our brains want us to stay alive. And so when we are going for a walk and we think, should I go onto the river and walk on the ice, our brains are primed to think, hmm, I wonder if it's thick enough. And that is actually a helpful thing because you don't have to make that mistake too often and you're in really deep trouble. And so our brains are primed to find the danger before they're going to find the good. And so, like Betty White said, it's a choice that you have to make. I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to find the fun in this. I'm going to find the beauty. I'm going to be grateful for it. And it, it's a matter of always looking, you know, that, um, that figure ground where you can see the vase, the black vase or the white silhouettes, and you, people usually see one or the other on a picture. And what we need to do is know that you can go back and forth, and you can find both. And looking for the positive, and being grateful, and finding the beauty in a situation, is looking for the opposite of the negative. Which we don't. Most of us don't have to have any extra effort looking for the negative. That comes far too naturally. It's the work, the mindful work that we have to do to be positive. And when we do that mindful work, and it's not about being Pollyannish and pretending the negative doesn't exist. It's about acknowledging that there is positive, even as there's negative. Uh, I, I talk to people, you know, where a family member dies, and it's tragic and it's painful, but people bring them food, drop off cards or flowers, make phone calls, and they can be grateful for the contact that they have with people, and they can enjoy that, and the enjoying of that beauty then sustains them during, this, during a very difficult time.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know uh, the fact that people are getting uh, the vaccine, they're getting shots in the arm right now. That is maybe uh, you know we're not all getting it yet. Eventually we will. Uh, but that's a that's a positive thing as well. And I you know we need to focus on on the good and and not the bad, as you say.
3: Yes. I feel like that vaccine um, is kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. And that light used to be just a pinprick. And um, my son's a frontline worker. He found out as of yesterday that he's eligible for the vaccine. And it just feels like, oh, someone in my family is going to have it by next week. And it feels like that light, it still is quite far away. We know we're months away from a normal life, but it feels like it's discernibly bigger than it was a couple of months ago. And we all need hope in our lives. And the fact that that Vaccine is coming. Shots are starting to get into arms. It seems like the process is ramping up, um, that there is hope and that we are going to get through this. And even just the knowledge that we will get through this helps make getting through one more day just barely possible.
0: Yeah. And I know you've got a new Facebook page. Tell us about that because you've written there about the importance of the value, I guess, of remembering uh, the normal life and that it will get back to that one day. Talk about that. What have you written there and tell us about this page?
3: Yes. So Carolyn Clausen, Wired for Connection. Wired for Connection is my speaking company. Um, I've been doing a lot more speaking during the pandemic. Now I've been doing. Does this mean you're going to start
0: charging for your Thursday visits?
3: (laughs) Never for you, Hal. Never. (laughs) Good. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And and I've just been doing a lot of webinars, helping figure businesses and educational institutions, different organizations get through this difficult middle third. Um, And after the pandemic is over, I have to do a lot more speaking to groups. Back when we can meet in person. And so I'm just increasing the profile of that. And so I would encourage your listeners to go to Carolyn Clausen, Wired for Connection at Facebook. Hopefully the website is coming. I just haven't got there yet. Um, And I just want to promote um, mental health, the fact that we're wired for connection, and that the way we will get through this is by being together even when we're apart.
0: Appreciate you doing this, Carolyn. Thanks a lot. Take care.